0: Hello, welcome to Hashtag Better Conversations 16. Uh, this week it's with Richard Newell. Um, I recorded it some time ago um, and um, I've been meaning to get it out for a while because it's a really good chat with Richard. Um, if you don't know Richard very well and you've only met him um, online, which which many of us only have, um, you might be surprised by some of the answers um, in it. It's, um, it's, it's quite an eye opener for those who um, have seen Richard um, on the screen. Um, but it's, it's great fun. Um, Richard's a great guy and there's some really good stuff in here about um, differences between commercial clients and um, corporate and commercial business. Um, and some thoughts about how we can move faster, how we could do things differently on, um, on the CCB side. Richard and I talked about um, different sides or different teams becoming one team and I think we are well on the way to becoming one team. We can stop talking about whether you're on commercial clients or you're on CCB. Um, we, we talked about how we can do that, so that was a really good chat. So great to talk to Richard. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Hey, Richard. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm all right. This is all very clever, isn't it?
0: It's good, isn't it? And it all records it and everything. It's yeah, really I'm not sure that's so clever. <laughs> yeah well um, listen thank you for for being one of my um, my victims on the podcast um, um, I'm really keen to uh, to get your team you know to, to I guess I'm really keen to find out a bit more about your team because I guess traditionally from my side I always think of you know the old business assurance and and I, and I really want to understand the kind of commercial clients side a little bit more Um so hopefully your team has been listening to some of the podcasts and uh, more about that side. I hate, I hate using the side terminology point, I'll oh, I know
1: what you mean. I know what
0: you mean. But, um, yeah, so it'd be good to um, get a few more of your guys um interviewed and chatted to, actually. Yeah, that'd be so, good.
1: I'm sure they'll they'll look forward to that. Yeah, they will.
0: <laughs> Everybody is. <hits. laughs> yeah. so everybody's really watch all their Watch
1: all their hands go up and go, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um So I guess what I first wanted to ask you about was – um how, how long have you been in the team now? When did Project Dench finish and kind of how it, has how's it been for you over the past few months?
1: So Project Dench officially ended in May 2020. But but for me, I started working on Project Dench in September 2019. Right. So it's been a long project and probably only officially went to our new structure on the 1st of October this year because wow. we... Um, because we kept a, uh, an extra set of people in the business to help with COVID nineteen uh, and the impact of sybils and bounce back loans, so we kept about an extra sixty FTE to help us through that time, which was which was great and and was much needed.
0: Right, and and so you've kind of been okay. So you came came over in May, and then right in the I guess right at the start of lockdown. So how how difficult has that been to? to kind of build up a new I guess build up a new team when you've been everybody's been remote
1: yeah so I mean so interestingly there's still people in my team I've never met yeah and certainly an awful lot in Kevin's wider team that I've definitely never met Mm. so that presents challenges in itself because zoom and teams is it's good it's better than telephone but Mm. it's not the same as sat in a room being able to talk to people difficult yeah. to pick up difficult to pick up anything like body language mm. of of whether someone's feeling under stress and under strain so that's that's hard and probably ends up missing one of your senses that you would use when talking mm. to people that's been particularly hard and and I think just not having that person sat next to you or you know, easily walk across the office and go and say have you ever seen this before I think, I think that's probably one of the bigger challenges, certainly for those of us who used to work in the larger offices like Triton Square or Ludgate, is not having that ability and just, and, and just missing the everyday listening of what's going on in, in other departments. So if you think when I was in Triton Square, then I'd be sat quite close to the legal teams and the HR teams. And when I went over to Ludgate, you'd be sat with the RDs and the RMs. And, and you miss that kind of information that you just pick up from being in the same vicinity as someone
0: mm. yeah so that that must be hard when you when you're trying to build a brand new team then uh, you know, which which effectively i guess you have been doing
1: yeah and and from disparate backgrounds really so mm. if you think our business assurance team in particular was not part of the original business and sat more in the retail space yeah so a big change for those guys in particular to come over and be concentrating on corporate partner on type customers solely and not the retail partner customers that they would have been doing as well dealing with a different senior leadership team different management team and i guess just a totally different ethos because the the ccb ethos as you'd imagine is totally different to the retail one and not being able to sit in a room and and walk through these these differences and and expectations does become as a big challenge
0: Hmm. So you're going to have a big, um, a big get together when we can all, we can all break out of lockdown. Then.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it might be in a field somewhere. I, I, I don't live, <laughs> don't live far from Stonehenge. So I thought everyone could take a stone in Stonehenge <laughs> and we'd just sit around in a big circle.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that the weather's going to be nice when, when lockdown does finally break, so we can all actually head outside and, and, and meet each other again that'll be quite nice will not it yeah
1: I think I think that's what coats and hats and umbrellas were built <laughs> for that <laughs> and knowing the way that the British weather works I think we'll probably be all stood outside in the rain <laughs>
0: yeah um, um so what about what have you found about the new team I guess the what I'm thinking about Kevin's wider team now what's kind of what have you liked What's kind of what's impressed you, I guess, and, and what would be the things that you would maybe change or do differently or maybe has surprised you the most?
1: I, I think the first thing is that um, the welcome was really warm. And that, mm. and that, and that wouldn't have been easy for uh, a new team, a fairly sizable team coming in with, with our individual challenges. Uh, no, we bring with us a lot of volume, as people are finding out. So, first of all, very warm, hugely knowledgeable team in a much wider range of topics than we have that that's been that's been hugely beneficial so i'm immediately thinking about the two Nicks and the piece they yeah. do great reached out and helped us. I personally don't have a massive background in insurance so all, all, all the insurance guys helping us through, helping us build what mm. we need to build uh, and I think just just having that team that are wide enough and and have the breadth and the depth to be able to help us actually in one place under Kevin, whereas probably when we were in Santander business, we'd be going around looking, well, is it in retail, is it in business banking, does it sit somewhere else, and that becomes quite tiring and quite hard, so actually to have it all under one roof and make it really easy for us to reach out and and get the support that we need has, has been fantastic.
0: And, and what's what's kind of surprised you? What would you? What I guess what the question I'm really asking is: What can we learn from from you guys? Okay, what, you know what, what's different? What what should we be changing? I guess I,
1: I don't know whether there's so much changing. I think it, uh, for me, the overall CCB structure I find quite hard to follow. It seems mm. quite complex. There seems to be a lot of moving parts, but also potentially an awful lot that overlaps. Some of that is yep. my knowledge, and I need I need to get up to speed and, and learn that. But I do I do find that quite difficult to follow. And I think the other thing is because of the volumes that we run in commercial clients, we we have to do things really quickly, yep. and we have to make changes very quickly. And a week goes by, and if we haven't changed that, the, the impact on the clients or the backlog or whatever it may be grows really fast. So. I, I guess our challenge is we have to make decisions on limited information on the basis that we can't just have the luxury of doing a full drains up or understanding mm. exactly how it's going to work. Because if we do, we'll then be too far behind to catch up. So I think yeah. I think I think that's the primary difference between the two. Well, that's interesting.
0: So maybe just kind of maybe speed of application, or um, just thinking about things in a, in a little bit different different way
1: i think so i mean i'm a i'm a great advocate of minimum viable proposition whereby you do as much due diligence as you can you put something out there and then you learn and you change it and you tweak it and you improve it Mm. because certainly in our space if we try and get something absolutely perfect we'd never launch it and then we'd be so far behind so we we try to operate on a get something out there make sure it's safe to get out there but then learn and change it as you go wrong
0: yeah so very agile. Yes. Um, so how else, uh, what do you see for the next kind of lockdown aside, what do you see for the next kind of few months in terms of your team's evolution within Kevin's team? And the second part of that question is how can, how can we, I'm, I'm using that side's terminology again, how, you know, how can the rest of the team support you and your team through that kind of, through that journey?
1: So I think the big change is the introduction of the credit portfolio directors who came on board last week. So they all started Monday. And the big difference being that in commercial clients, they sit in the risk oversight and business assurance team. They don't sit in the front office. And that that was a conscious decision we made Mm. in, in conjunction with John Baldwin, head of commercial clients, that... We wanted a team that was slightly removed from the front office. And, and why did we do that? One, one of the reasons we did that was that so they could provide a level of assurance by being comfortable by having a different reporting line that they would be able to call out where they saw challenges. And I think when you look at it, there's definitely going to be huge challenges. So even for, even for people who've been through lots of recessions like me, because it's my fourth, is <laughs> you know this one looks different it feels mm. different it's nothing like even the global financial crisis it, it's it's totally different mm. uh, solutions that we as a country have used in the past like cutting interest rates aren't there because they're gone yeah we've done that already so it feels different we don't know what lockdown looks like there's lots and lots of uncertainty so the CPD is coming in to add that skill and expertise and that advisory position as well as assurance is a hugely important piece to ensure that commercial clients operates its portfolio to the best of its ability. So that yes. is a brand new role for us in commercial clients. Um, and what it also does is it enables me to free up some of my other team, so my Ockers, who have been probably dragged massively into the credit piece and allows them to get back to looking at the operational risk and focusing on that to make sure that we don't all run off after credit risk and forget the operational risk or vice versa. (laughs) So, so that, that's probably the biggest challenge. I think, I think in terms of the help and it's, it's already coming through is some of the work that, i see you guys i'm doing the same as you now (laughs) um have done already it is we we just need to use it so some of the work i know they were looking at last week is the use of jordan and we haven't really used jordan in the past so we've created what's all right and it works but it's not as good as jordan yeah some of the work that charlie's been leading around conduct which is excellent is we don't need to reinvent that we just need to plug in the intricacies of commercial clients particularly around volumes and you'll hear me talk all the time about volumes because that is mm. the major difference but we can learn so much from the work that's been done in in the wider uh, risk oversight business assurance team rather than spend loads of time designing actually what's already been designed really well
0: mm. it's interesting to hear you talk about the volumes because um I, I remember when i was in the large corporate team all those large corporate um, I guess one of my um, buzzwords was, was more around the lack of volumes because a lot mm-hmm. of it back then, maybe seven or eight years ago, was tailored towards the, the volume and it was the the top end that had to kind of take things and tweak things. And I guess things might have switched around a little bit now and it, it's more about ta- taking stuff that's maybe been developed for a, a larger customer client market and, and tweaking it for a volume market, which is quite an interesting interesting spin i think
1: i think i think it is um, i mean i look at c bills at the moment so commercial clients have done nearly 900 c bills loans mm. since since launch and there's nearly 400 in the pipeline at the moment and the wow. and the applications are coming in at about 25 a day mm. and that and that just gives people an idea of the size of the volume yeah. and and the challenge that people need to work through with the uh, expiry date or closure date coming up Mm. Uh, once that's gone it's gone so how do we get to all the clients that we need to to make sure we give them the best opportunity to get these um government-backed loans before the deadline
0: yeah good well i think um if you know our side (laughs) can take some of that um you know some of that um some of those thoughts on on board and kind of think more of commercial clients when we're building things and, and, and hopefully it'll be um you know more seamless and we can stop talking about sides at some point which is yes, just one exactly. big happy team. Yeah. Good. Um I want to move on and talk about you now because I think I'm one of the I'm one of the people who hasn't met you other than yes. on Zoom calls. So um, I'm gonna ask my my staple question about uh desert island discs, isolation island discs. Um if you're stuck in a house, what's your one recording, one book and one luxury.
1: OK, so uh, music's quite important to me, actually. So I, I was kind of brought up with getting into music in the early 80s, which was kind of really fluffy, new romantic stuff, which is probably a bit more style than substance, to be honest. <laughs> um, but then I probably, probably started really getting into music more seriously uh, uh, mid-80s. Eighty-five, eighty-six. Mm-hmm. So this, this for some reason, then starts to become a shock to people. I'm not quite sure what that says about me. <laughs> but it, it was when I started getting into um, hip hop and rap. Mm. So you, so you're talking around time stuff. Well, what was I listening to then? Um, Grandmaster Flash, Eric B. and Rakim, uh, Roxanne Shante, that kind of thing. And and that and that's kind of kind of stayed with me all the time. And that's kind of diverged into all sorts of things now. So Add on Grime, Add on Garage, but it's it's still the music I listen to all the time. So, when I'm not on a Teams and not on the phone, which is not very often these days, but but I do I do actually have music on while I'm working, and and people find it quite odd, I think, that I can actually listen to that type of music and work. But I, I find it quite relaxing. So, so these days it would be more Skepta, Stormzy, Drake, Kano type of stuff. So that's what, I, that's what I'd that's listen to. But if you if you put me in a room and said I could only choose one album that I could have for 12 months, it would be 2001 by Dr. Dre.
0: There we go. That's uh, That certainly answered my next question, which was going to be, tell me one thing about yourself that we don't already know us. So that definitely <laughs> takes the biscuit.
1: Well, well, it's interesting you mentioned that as well, because there's lots of things I suspect that people don't know because – we only ever met on Zoom,
0: of
1: course. So, so, so people probably don't realise that I'm only five foot five tall and I wear glasses, um, and that's because nobody can see me other than sat down, and because I'm short sighted, I don't wear my glasses on Zoom or Teams. So, are. I, I think, I think when we all do meet up, people will look over and go, Who's that bloke over there with the glasses <laughs> on?" <laughs> so, so yeah, so that that's that's really quite odd in terms of um, what people don't know. <laughs>
0: There we go. That is uh, that is definitely something new. So we've got your one recording. What about your book and your luxury?
1: So book is an absolute no-brainer for me. So the book would be Bounce by Matthew Said. So Ma- Matthew Said is an ex-table tennis player. He played for Great Britain. And the reason I like this book, and I read it every year, which tells me it's a good book, mm. is it challenges that whether anyone is born with talent or whether actually through the power of practice, you can actually make yourself very good. And why I like the book is I change my mind every time I read it. <laughs> and I actually, I change my mind while I'm reading it. <laughs> and, and every time I get to the end of it, I can't make up my mind whether I agree with him or not. And, and that's why I find the book massively challenging. And, and I still, I, I will read, if I read it tomorrow, I'll get halfway through again going, I don't know whether I believe this or not. <laughs> so it, it's kind of, it's kind of that nature versus nurture argument. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I just, I just find it fascinating about whether you can just make yourself good at something by mm. constantly practicing properly. Uh, it's, I've read some of his other books as well. He's very good. He's a very, he's a very good author and it, it fits perfectly for me because I don't do fiction. Mm. I can't read fiction. Um, uh, but I've actually now just got this off the shelf and looked at it, and now I'm thinking I want to read it again. <laughs> so I, I suspect that will be going into the into the reading list for the rest of the month. And and luxury, I'm going to be really boring. So my, my luxury, my luxury is my TV and Sky. Yep. Uh, and I struggle without that in in probably a probably stereotypical way. Is I watch lots of sport. Hmm. But, but I do actually I, actually, I don't even know how this started. Um, I do actually watch loads and loads of antiques programmes as well, <laughs> which is a, a strange, strange mix of, of sports and antiques. And I, I worry I'm getting old when I flick over from the football and start watching something about antiques. So, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't know whether that says where I am in my life.
0: So, so you've got Grime on in the background and then you've got the Antiques Roadshow on Absolutely on the LA, Excellent. <laughs>
1: absolutely no no one said it made sense
0: <laughs> there we go no that's uh, that's definitely more than one thing about yourself that we definitely didn't
1: <laughs> already know so
0: that's really good thank you for that um and i guess my my last question before i go into an emergency question is um what's what's been your biggest challenge during lockdown do you think personally
1: um in- interesting i'm i'm very very lucky is that the uh, setup in our house. I actually have uh, I have a little office, so I can get away from everything and actually work. And I'm acutely aware of doing Teams and Zooms with other people, where they're trying to do it from their spare bedrooms and doing it off their bed, and that must be really, really hard. So at least, at least I can um, at least I can concentrate, and, I, and I'm not interrupted. I, I, for me, the hardest thing is not being able to have those quiet conversations with people. Mm. where people need a bit of guidance people need a bit of support people need a bit of help and you and you can't have that cup of coffee and and go off site and sit down and just have an open chat um trying to do that on zoom and teams i think is really hard i mean it's better than phone but it's still not perfect i'm i miss the ability to just be able to go and do that particularly in such challenging times where where people do need a bit of support i think we all need a bit of support from mm. time to time because everything's flying at us and and i do find, I do find it hard but i can't I don't have that in my armory at the moment
0: mm. yeah, yeah, I think that's
1: been, that's been a struggle for many of us, hasn't it
0: um okay and and finally, I'm going to ask you an emergency question which um which is on my app uh, the emergency questions app and they're, they're very random, and some of them are a bit dirty, so I, I skip over those <laughs> but um this one is um have you ever met your doppelganger
1: oh, sadly, sadly for him, i have. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, 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 utterly, utterly bizarrely, he, I was working for HSBC in the corporate team on the ground floor and he worked in the private banking team called Martin up on the second floor. And, and I kind of thought we looked a bit similar, but I kind of thought I looked a bit thinner. Maybe I didn't. I, thought <laughs> I, I kind of thought I did. And, and then probably, wow, well, I don't know, seven or eight years later, um, I went into an office of an accountants and advisors and someone said, Oh, hello, Martin. I thought, "Mm, that's odd. And, and then, and then they said, Oh, you're meeting Martin. And then I met him and either he'd lost some weight or I'd put some weight on. I kind of (laughs) like to think it was the other one. Um, And, um, and we did look (laughs) at that stage. We did look identical. (laughs) So even our hair, for some reason, we had exactly the same haircut. We had a very similar pinstripe suit on and, um, (laughs) and yeah, it must have looked really odd because obviously he wasn't the tallest guy in the world either. And there were the two of us in the middle of this office just looking exactly exactly like each other. Weird.
0: There we go. I didn't when I saw that question, I didn't expect the answer to be yes, definitely.
1: To be <laughs> oh, yeah. Very, very, very definitely. Yeah.
0: There we go. So there is another doppelganger. There is a, a, a Martin around yes. somewhere who looks yes, like. Yes, there me. is. Yeah. If
1: anyone comes across Martin Carolyn, it's not me. <laughs>
0: there we go well listen thank you for that that's been really good fun catching up um and some really good um thoughts shared earlier on about um the teams and, and kind of how we can support you guys um yeah so thanks it's been really good to catch up no um, enjoyed it thank yeah. you very much Anna. good no worries thanks richard cheers richard thanks very much for uh, for being on the podcast Um, I've got Ollie Anderson Russell um, lined up, so he'll come very, very shortly. Um, That was a really interesting chat about um, everything that Ollie does, um, incidents and everything else. Um, And I'm hoping to get another one lined up before the end of the year. Um, Again, if you've got any recommendations or thoughts, give me a shout. Anything else you'd like to hear, Um, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. So thanks very much. Hope you're all staying safe. You take care.